Hey everyone, and welcome to Luke 24. Hope you're having a lovely time where you are. We're going to start with verses 1 to 7. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing, and as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. On Sunday, the third day after his death, the women came to adorn Jesus' body with the spices they had prepared on Friday. When they entered the tomb, the body was gone. While the women were figuring out what had happened, two angels came to them. The angels asked a simple but amazing question, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? To clarify, even more than the angels, I'm sorry, to clarify even more, the angels gave the women the answer. Jesus had risen. He had defeated death and sin. He was alive. Death could not contain him. The angels reminded the women how Jesus had repeatedly told them about this all along. Verses 8 to 12. And they remembered his words, and returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven, and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James. Also, the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. The women remembered and returned to the group of believers. The women told the group all that had happened. But it seems like they, like they all understood that the grave was empty. They missed the most important part. Jesus had risen from the dead. They did not expect the resurrection and seemingly did not believe the women. After the women finished, Peter ran to the tomb to see what the women had described. When he arrived, he only saw the burial wrappings and went home, amazed. Now, why is this important? Despite all the evil that was attempted by the Jewish leaders, all went according to God's plan for the redemption of humanity. Through their free choices, God fulfilled many promises and prophecies in Jesus. He took every sin upon himself, first for the sake of glorifying himself, and then for the salvation of his own. If you are one of his own, your life needs to reflect that. For those who are not believers, you have two choices, and only two choices. The first choice is to reject Jesus. This can look like a direct rejection, or like trying to live life by your own moral code outside of the Bible of, or of Jesus' saving grace. It can even come in the form of postponing a decision because you want to continue living for yourself during the best years of your life. All of these scenarios reject Jesus' awesome sacrifice and gift. It is to spit in the face of God, and for that, there is judgment and eternal death. The second choice is to believe in God, in this God, and place all your life 
on his work for your salvation. Simply put, to depend on him for your salvation and turn away from your sinful, wicked life. The life that we live for ourselves. The life that we live to please ourselves. Become a believer. This is not simply a prayer. It's a decision that will change who you are. And the question is always, what will you choose? Verses 13 to 16. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Two men were walking from Jerusalem to a village called Emmaus, a seven-mile walk. They spoke with each other about Jesus' death, how it had taken place, and all of its implications. What about the kingdom and the prophecies about the Messiah? Where was his body? While they were talking, Jesus approached and walked with them, but God prevented them from recognizing him. Despite Jesus' prophetic explanations about his resurrection, no one expected him to resurrect. The reports about his resurrection were not believed by anyone. Verses 17 to 24. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still, looking sad. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus, the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came, saying that he had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said. But him they did not see. Jesus asked what they were discussing and listened to them explain about Jesus' death. We see in their telling that their hopes and dreams had been dashed to pieces. They felt that Jesus was the one who would redeem Israel and physically deliver them from the Romans. They knew Jesus had died, that his body was gone, and that angels had announced that he was risen. But they had seen no trace of Jesus himself. Verses 25 to 27. And he said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Jesus gave them a gentle rebuke and proceeded to explain why the anointed Messiah needed to suffer all that he did. He explained it through the Old Testament, their scriptures at the time. Why is this important? Can you see the Lord's patience with these men? He listened to their despair, even though he was the one they were speaking about. He knew the story better than they did. He was at the center of it. 
yet he listened to them and patiently walked them through Scripture to show that he was indeed the Christ. Verses 28 to 31. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he were going farther. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. As they approached Emmaus, Jesus pretended to be going further, but the men said that it was getting late, so he should stay with them, and so he did. He sat with them, blessed the meal, broke the bread, similar to the Lord's Supper, and then their eyes were opened. They saw that the man in front of them was Jesus, but he disappeared. What was their problem? All of them were expecting a conquering king. They did not see all the scriptures said about the Messiah. They saw the crown, but not the cross. Only after they understood the scriptures did Jesus finally become visible to them. Verses 32 to 35. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. After Jesus vanished, the men spoke to one another about the hope and passion they felt from the talk they had had with him. He had opened up the scriptures and showed them the truth. Despite it being late, the two men hurried back to Jerusalem and found the eleven disciples and told them what had happened. They couldn't contain their excitement. Verses 36 and 37. While they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. While the group was discussing what had happened on the road to Emmaus, Jesus appeared among them. They thought they were seeing a ghost, so they were scared. Verses 38 to 43. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they still could not believe it was because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of a broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. So Jesus, knowing their fears and doubts, calmed them down. It is interesting that Jesus took concern over their feelings. He asked them why they were troubled. He knew they had doubts. Jesus offered his hands and feet as a testimony to his realness. He could be touched and felt. He was not a ghost, but a true body. Everyone in the room thought it was too good to be true. To further prove his point, he ate fish. Jesus patiently did all he needed to do in order to help them understand that he truly was alive. Why is this important to us? Our worst fear should be our confrontation with God when this world ends. Although he is love, he is also perfection, 
wrath, and judgment. Jesus bridged the gap between us. Now we have a way of having a good relationship with God. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can have peace with God, Romans 5.1. Please notice I said can and not do. While the opportunity is there, we all have to make the choice to take it. Verses 44 to 47. Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Jesus showed them from Scripture the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms was a way to describe the whole Old Testament of the time, that he needed to die and resurrect in order to save the world from sin. Through this, the gospel could be proclaimed to all the nations, and it would start in Jerusalem. The disciples were not to be witnesses of Christ simply based on their experiences or emotions. The word of God was the key to understanding who God and Christ are and how forgiveness can be obtained. Verses 48 and 49. You are my <laughs> you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. The disciples would be witnesses of Jesus' resurrection, but they were not ready yet. Jesus commanded them to remain in Jerusalem until they had received the power from on high that was promised by the Father. This is a reference to the Holy Spirit, which we will see more of in Luke's second work, Acts. Their duty as witnesses could not be done through their own power. God would supply himself, the Holy Spirit, in order to empower them to preach the word. Now, how does this apply to our lives? Although there is a place for intelligently explaining the gospel to an unsaved person and making efforts to be knowledgeable, the final piercing argument of any witness is done by the Holy Spirit. He is the final convincer of the human soul. This is one of the reasons we can be confident. No matter what we say, God is in control. Verses 50 to 53. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. Near Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus blessed them and ascended into heaven. When he left, they worshiped him, joyfully went back to Jerusalem, and continued praising God there. Their excitement and worship is awesome. They remained in Jerusalem, as they were commanded, and we see the rest of the history of the church in the book of Acts. Now this is important because Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father, as the God of all glory and King of his universe, as the only one worthy of all praise. He defeated death through his perfect sacrifice and conquered sin in one fell swoop. He truly is an awesome and gracious God. He is our great high priest, and we see that in Hebrews 7.25, and the head of the church, Ephesians 4.7-16. Praise be to his name. He has risen. We have hope 
because of his sacrifice and resurrection for us. Now, how do you see the resurrection and ascension of Christ? With excitement, joy, hope? Or is it just another fact that does not stir you? If it is the latter, something in your understanding of salvation is lacking. Perhaps a further dive into God's word will help, as it helped the others in this very story. If the former, you are in good company. All of creation praises God. The only exceptions are humans and demons. Demons do not desire to do so, and humans have a choice. Will you praise the only one worthy of praise? Will you live for the one who died for you? We can read his word and see how he wants us to live and follow him in, that, in this life. Praise and glory be to Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect, li a perfect life, died and resurrected for humanity's salvation, and who one day will return as king, conqueror, and judge. Congratulations. If you stuck with us through the whole of the book of Luke, you have gone through 3.7% of the Bible. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, please uh, go to our website, forthethirstysoul.com, and stick with us. We will be starting a new book next time.